0: The Awaken Project is a story podcast based on the works of J.A. Larock. It is a work of fiction and narrated by J.A. Larock. You can find our podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Google+, or anywhere where podcasts are found. And now, Chapter 16, Frequency Control. I could not move. Or even open my eyes. It was not because there was something physically wrong with me. It was because I could not only remember everything, but feel everything as well. Fifteen minutes had passed since I had awoken, but I knew what I had, ex- had experienced was not a dream. I could feel the cold ground against my back. I could smell the stench of death in the air and feel the ashes of a destroyed city blowing across my face. My mind struggled to place all my memories and experiences in proper context. Time seemed to have no meaning. My past, my present, were clearly not defined, and I would not dare think of the future. What I had with Sarah had to be real, was what I thought in my mind. It felt real, and if that was so, then what had I awakened to? That was not the only question I asked myself. I had come to the realization that it was very possible that Clara had been behind everything. Perhaps my life with Sarah was real, and everything else was a manipulation caused by an entity calling itself Clara. Please, David. Clara said softly, I know you're awake. We cannot stay here. I knew she was sitting next to me, watching me. When I first awoke, she was still crying. If everything was a manipulation, then she was a master at pretending she was truly devastated for what she had done. I kept replaying the moment in my mind, her standing over me apologizing for taking me away from that life. She claimed she was taking me from heaven to save me from hell. It was strange, but familiar statement. Dr. Brunelli had told me the same thing once. I'm I'm not doing this anymore, I whispered. I remembered slowly opening my eyes and seeing her sitting atop a pile of rocks. She had not moved me from where I fell unconscious. A small fire burned just beyond my feet. I pondered why anyone would need a fire in the afterlife. Clara was not looking directly at me. Her eyes were bloodshot from crying. I did not know if that is why she did not want me to see her or was that she was ashamed to look at me. I'm, you've already apologized. She stood and turned her back to me. I pulled my body to a sitting position and rested against a rusted out security panel. My entire body ached, as if being ripped from one world to another was taking its toll on me physically as well as mentally. There was a residual feeling of rage within me. My words to Clara had them embedded within. She knew I wasn't just in pain but I was angry. I understand why you hate me, David. But please, we can't stay out in the open. Her words made me take notice of my surroundings. By the positioning of the sun, I gathered it was early evening. As my eyes scanned over the rotting buildings in the devastated city around us, I could not help but understand how I could possibly be free if I was in the same wasteland I had always known. How can you understand? I asked Clara. Do you know what you've taken from me? I don't care about Richter or aliens or anything else. I was happy. I had what I wanted more than anything. Do you understand that, Clara? I did not care about anything anymore. I didn't care about you. Clara didn't say a word. She just stood silently looking at nothing. I wish I could say that my words were just a result of what had happened to me, raw emotional anger, but that was not the case. Dr. Brunelli taught me how to evaluate my life, to take everything and analyze it. That is what my mind had done for the last 15 minutes. The conclusion I came to was that I would be willing to sacrifice the souls of humanity to have my own personal peace and happiness once again. I don't know what is real anymore either, Claire responded after several moments. When we found you, something inside me clicked. It was as if I always knew you. But when you arrived, I remembered everything about us and I wanted to do anything I could to reach you. Clara leaned against a wall and lowered her head. She was so much different than I remembered. Even the Clara who told me that my afterlife was a lie was different than the person who stood in front of me. She had cut her hair to ear length, her clothing was ragged, and she appeared to be more muscular. Her physical features remembered a soldier. Not just any soldier, but Sarah. When we were able to see what they were doing to you, it was so strange. I was watching us sitting at that restaurant overlooking the lake. And while I could remember the moment, I didn't feel it, not inside. It was as if I was watching someone else's memories. And while I could be touched by that moment, it didn't feel like my moment. What are you saying? Clara turned to me. A tear fell from her eye. The look she gave me. I could see her thoughts through her eyes. She was thinking the same thing I was. That perhaps everything about us. Our history. Our lives. Was a lie. What Richter showed you. About our final days. It was not a lie. When I closed my eyes, I was ready to die. The last of my strength drained out of me and then there was nothing. Then from nothing, I began to feel cold. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know how long I was unconscious, but I did know that I felt alive. Her experience was similar to mine. When I pulled the pin on the grenade, a feeling of nothingness came over me, and then I felt cold. I wondered if the grenades had failed, but if that was the case, then the blast from the alien weapon would have killed me. What came to me as Clara continued is why Richter would need to go through such an elaborate deception to pacify the human souls he was collecting. When I opened my eyes, I was over there. Clara pointed towards a spot in the street. My eyes widened and I realized it was almost the exact same spot where I landed after the grenade blast. I knew there was an attack. Richter had said that much, but I didn't realize the extent. The sky was thick with smoke and ash. I could barely breathe. There were several buildings on fire. I could smell the rotting corpses all around me. My god, David, it was such a nightmare. I had not thought about what Clara had gone through for such a long time. Her experiences with Richter in that bunker and watching every round her die must have been horrific. I did not realize she suffered more once she had awakened. I believe she went from that world directly to her afterlife. But like many things, I was mistaken. I wandered the city, looking for any signs of life. Days passed and I couldn't find anyone. For a moment, I believed I was the last person alive. But then something else occurred to me. I had not slept or ate since I awoke, and yet I didn't feel hungry or tired. The realization drove me mad. I began to believe I was dead and had gone to hell. I wanted to escape. I found a shadowed window with a large glass shard sticking out. I threw myself on it, hoping to be free. Just as my neck touched the glass, I awoke in a hospital bed. A rush of doctors and nurses ran into the room. I was hysterical. I didn't know what was happening to me. An older man told me I was in Alpha Medical that a team had found the bunker and discovered me there a few weeks ago. I was relieved. I thought I was saved, that I would be able to be with you again. That was my first question. I asked what happened to the people in Naxum Research. What had happened to you? I was beginning to see a pattern. There was always the loss of someone special and then the act of finding someone new. Clara and I were separated and tried desperately to remain positive. I fought to escape and she had to accept that she was trapped. There were common points between Clara's story and my own experiences. What I had not figured out was the why. I needed to understand why all this would need to be done in the manner that it was. They would not tell me anything at first. The doctors ran numerous tests and only after several hours did a man wearing an Alliance uniform tell me. He said everyone in Naxim had died and told me everything about the attack. I didn't want to believe him. I demanded that they show me proof. They said the entrance was directly hit by the alien energy weapon and there was no way to reach anyone down there. They wanted to interrogate me about Richter and why we were in the bunker with those people. The autopsy they had done on the corpses showed that they were exposed to a radiation that was similar to the one left behind by the alien's energy weapon. I told them I would tell them everything if they took me to Naxa Mountain, but they refused and left me there alone. I knew they would come back for me and take me somewhere I couldn't leave. Later that night, I escaped and I made my way towards Naxa Mountain. In both stories we were hospitalized, and under suspicion by the government. An important point was always to accept what had happened to us, and move on. There was also the radiation. In my story I was exposed directly to an energy blast, but Clara would have come from the facility that was working on the Awakened project. Even with everything I was learning and putting together, there was still the real possibility that everything I was hearing was part of the grand manipulation. The world outside was the same as when I awoke. I had hoped perhaps I was crazy and that everything that had happened was a dream or hallucination. It took me three days to make my way to Naxa Mountain. I'd had not only to avoid the military, but also an invading enemy I knew little to nothing about. Sometimes during the night, I would hear the sounds of metal soldiers marching. It kept me from sleeping, but unlike before, it took its toll on my body. When I finally reached Naxum, I could barely stand. As out of it as I was, I knew right away the military had lied to me. There was a large crater near the east side of the mountain. It was clear someone had dug a hole from within the mountain and escaped. There were signs of a firefight. I found blood and shell casings on the ground. I began crying not knowing if you had escaped. I started to believe that maybe the military had executed everyone who escaped from Naxum. The emotion in Clara's voice peaked. I wanted to say something to her as she continued her story, but even as I listened to every word, I could still hear Sarah's voice inside my head. I could still see the ultrasound of my baby girl. Clara's experiences had pieces of what had happened to me but with specific differences. While we had dug our way out of Naxum, there was no cover-up of our escape. If Clara was telling me the truth, that it was obvious it was yet another manipulation created by Richter. Still, I had no true reasoning behind his actions. I must have fainted, because I awoke at the edge of the crater to the sounds of metal's footsteps. I ran as fast as I could, away from the sound. It was pitch dark, but somehow I was able to run without falling. Before I knew it, I had arrived at our home. Something was calling me inside. The house was in shambles. It looked as if someone had ransacked it. By then I could barely stay conscious and fell asleep on our bed. It did not feel as if I had even closed my eyes when I heard the metal footsteps again. By then I had no strength to run. I just laid there waiting for them to come. Massive metal suits of armor ripped through the house towards me. I didn't cry or even scream. I just didn't care anymore. One of them stood over me and lifted its hand over my face. I saw a yellow light shine from the palm of its hand. I closed my eyes and prepared for death, and then everything went silent. The time frame did not match what I had remembered. Claire would have been freed long before we were able to dig our way out. What I was beginning to understand was that Clara's story was not so much to shed light on what had happened to us, but more to let me know that even she did not have the answers. Claire was in the same state I was. She didn't know the truth of her past. She was holding on to what she thought was a constant in her life. Me. When I awoke, I was here. An older man was with me and told me that everything I experienced was a fabrication. He told me that while he did not know my true past, that it was not what I had been shown. I didn't believe him, David, but he was able to show me that we were all trapped in some kind of containment unit. He said that we had all died and our life energy was being used by an alien being. It took some time, but I came to believe him and we began working to free others from their false afterlives. When we discovered you had died, I asked to be the one to free you. I didn't know why but you were the hardest to free. After you disappeared from the forest, I thought I had lost you. Finally, after a time, we were able to locate you. That is when I saw what kind of life you had. And for a moment, I didn't want to take you away from that. I knew you would hate me, David, but I had to save you wait you you said in the forest what about the live stream and the beach the look she gave me threw everything i thought i knew even further out of cohesion she had no idea what i was talking about victor had orchestrated the other times i encountered clara He had planned the entire event in the live stream to make me believe she had been destroyed. The dream on the beach was also part of Richter's plan, but I was still missing the reasoning. Clara, how long has it been for you since you had seen me last? Clara looked at me not wanting to answer. As far as I knew, the time I believed had passed had been almost nine years. David, it's been three days. The military conducted extensive mental tests on all of its soldiers, but members of Alpha Factor were put through even more advanced tests. Before our VR training, all members were questioned by a man named Jacob Hill, who was head of the Alliance Medical Division of Mental Health. During my sessions with him, he would ask about the effect of growing up in an Alliance schooling facility. I gave the answers I felt he wanted to hear, but there was no need to discuss something that I could not change, and I felt it would not affect my performance. Jacob knew what I was doing and just began talking. He spoke about the mind and how in his studies he found that it was easy to control the human mind if you could understand the frequency and wavelength that the brain runs on. In his experiments, he found that exposure to different emotional scenarios could lead to the creation of specific brainwave patterns that would be the easiest to manipulate. He talked for almost an hour about the subject until I stopped him and asked him why he was telling me all this. He asked me if he thought my experience had led me to join the military. I told him yes. He smiled and asked what I would do if everything in my life was specifically planned out so it lead me to join. I scoffed and responded that if the Alliance needed soldiers, they would have just forced people to join. He leaned back in his chair and replied, What's the fun in that? This is about control. Everything we remember, be it real or created by Richter, is designed to control us, Clara. Don't you see? This isn't just a matter of using our life energy to feed some God. If that was Richter's plan, we would have all been taken by now. Richter said that he created a heaven-like world for us originally and that we would not accept it. I believe what he meant was that our life energy was not compatible. I, I don't understand, David, what do you mean? It ached to do so, but I forced myself to stand. And while I did not have the complete answer to why everything had happened, it began to make more and more sense. As much control that Richter had over our abilities, there was definitely a lack of control as well. It was more than just the inability to retrieve the lost souls who had escaped him. There were people who could not use the virtual reality training system when I was in the military. Something about their brains being hardwired not to accept the reality created for them. I believe the same thing happened to some of us. You said you were freed by this someone, and I'm sure they were freed by someone as well. If this containment unit was Richter's creation, there would not be a blind spot or somewhere he couldn't access. I don't think wherever we are is in Richter's total control. From the moment I pulled the pins on those grenades, I came under Richter's control. I believed that Richter was somehow able to capture human souls, but something needed to be done before he could use them. Everything he showed me was to get my mind to a state where it could be controlled. The key to it all was life energy. So this place then, wherever we are? was not created by Richter Clara asked I don't think it was it's possible there was a true afterlife and that Richter has taken it over perhaps he is a powerful being who discovered where humans go when they die and tried to access our life energy for his own means throughout the realities he showed me the theory of human life energy was always present and I believe it is the reason why we are still here If our life energy contains who we are, then perhaps when we die our memories, experiences and even our thought patterns pass on with us. The other Clara told me my mind could control my reality. I could change it based on my emotions. In virtual reality, specific brainwave patterns were needed for the process to work, otherwise we would reject what we see and the training would be useless. Richter needs our energy patterns to do the same. Clara told me so much so herself. She said our life energy had to be stabilized in order for it to pass on to the afterlife. What if that's what's happening? What if we are all one big collective of life energy and Richter needs to stabilize us in order to use us to him. We are unstable energy patterns until he can adjust all of us to mirror the others. He cannot claim any of the souls here. So, what you're saying, David? Is that we're anomalies? A searing pain shot through my head. I fell to my knees, unable to hold my body weight. Everything began to spin. I felt sick to my stomach. Clara kneeled down next to me, calling my name. Her voice sounded so distant, like a whisper in the night. I had not recovered, not by a long shot. I tried to push away the pain, the agony of losing Sarah, losing my unborn daughter. I wanted to focus on what was right before me at the moment to find an answer to everything. My mind, my body were damaged. Emotions flooded back to me. I could no longer think about anything else. David, what's happening? A wave of anger radiated through my body, taking it over. I felt as if another part of me was awakening and killing the rational voice inside me. I pushed Clara's hand from my shoulder. I did not want her to comfort me. It did not matter to me at that moment that Clara may have been a victim. She had taken everything from me, and I could not forgive her for that. Is this what you wanted? Am I just some experiment? why is it every time i see you pain isn't far behind david i i forced myself to my feet and staggered out towards the street clara screamed out my name and followed me i was losing control of everything all the safeguards i had created for myself to protect me from losing control was breaking down it was pitch black but it did not matter I just needed to get away. Let me take you to him, Clara called out. He can help you. Help me? You took everything from me. You took the only peace I had ever known. I stopped and stood in the street staring blankly ahead. There were no more restrictions holding me back. I turned back towards Clara. I wanted to hurt her. I wanted to see her in pain. My life with Sarah was better than anything I ever had with you. Is that why you ripped me from it? Are you behind all this? Could it be that simple? You wanted me all for yourself and when I rejected you, you did this to me? David. I fell to my knees crying. It felt as if my existence had been taken from me. While I knew that I had a life, I did not know which version was real, or if any of what I had witnessed or had been told had been the truth. I pounded my fist against the ground in anguish. Clara stood frozen in front, looking at me. Her hands were shaking. Please, David. You have to stop. This is what Richter wants to break you. I am broken! I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know anything. I don't know why I'm here. I laid my head on the ground, defeated. For me, there was no reason to go on. While I felt I could continue the fight, I could not find another reason to do so. I believe whatever may have come from our efforts, what just had led to another manipulation. He wanted to tell you himself, David. He doesn't know everything about your past, but he does know that you're important. I slowly raised my head and looked at Clara. She had wiped the tears from her eyes and took in a deep breath. Her hands were no longer shaking, and her voice changed from one of fear and uncertainty to one of a person that had faith. She believed what she had said with all her heart. That much I could tell. Who then? Who knows that I'm important? The man who saved me, who saved all of us. Henry Flagg. He told me you were the one who could free us all. The man I had come to hate was also the man who could put an end to all my suffering. To all our suffering. I didn't want to believe it. And yet I knew that was exactly what Richter would have wanted. There was no other choice. I reached out my hand to Clara to help me to my feet then take me to him." As we headed deeper into the night, I felt the raw energy inside my body return. It felt the same as when I encountered Richter in the life stream. The energy was strengthening me as if renewing my resolve for one final task. I did not know where Clara would take me or what I would find, but there was one thing I knew for certain. If Flag did not give me the answers I needed, I would unleash all the rage inside me and give Richter exactly what he wanted. Next week, Chapter 17.